Who were you before you lost your wild self? That's what we're helping you explore on the Tend Her Wild podcast. Through questions and tools around how best to listen to your inner voice, rewild ourselves, and live the most authentic life where we thrive instead of survive. I'm Betsy. And I'm Kate. And we're so glad you've joined us for this episode. Tender Wild listeners, we would love to have you join an upcoming four-week Tend Her online program that we're doing for women on returning to yourself. We are also recovering from these past two pandemic years, and we've heard from many women talking about their burnout, exhaustion, and a desire to not slip back into pre-pandemic patterns or what some have called a marginal life. A positive of the pandemic seems to be a shift in perspective and a readiness for change. In this program, we want to capitalize on this and create a supportive container for women to return to their true self. When we are in good relationship to ourselves, clarity emerges about what decisions we need to make and the direction our lives need to go. In this program, you'll get four weeks of content, tools, connection, conversation about what it means to return to yourself and reconnect to your heart, your body, and your intuition. You will also get a care package with a journal, candle, and a bracelet made by our favorite local jeweler, Made. Registration opens July 1st. We did receive some grant funding for this program, so if you live in certain counties in Iowa, this program may be free for you. If you happen to live out of state, you can still join us for the month and receive the care package for the low cost of $99. So on July 1, mark your calendars, visit dryogamama.com backslash tend-her-the number two. So that's D-R-Y-O-G-A-M-O-M-M-A.com backslash tend-her-the number two. We hope to see all of you a part of this really Uh, inclusive, beautiful, and empowering program. Hello, Tender Wild listeners. In today's episode, we are going to be building off an episode we did a couple weeks ago on balancing the masculine and feminine energies and the importance of having both. I came across an Instagram post this week from one of my favorite, one of the people I follow that I absolutely adore, Cleo Wade. She's a poet Someone I had the opportunity to meet about five years ago, and literally something she said uh, when she was speaking to a group here in Iowa City changed the course of my life. And what she said was, bring women together. There is great power in bringing women together that may not know one another, that may be going through similar things but don't know it. But the the magic is in bringing women together. And so since that time, I've been on a mission to find other women that want to bring women together um, and have been able to do a series of events with people like Betsy and continue to look for ways that we can impact women. So here's what Cleo, and she's so wonderful if you want to follow her on Instagram, Cleo Wade, here's what she said this week. Here's the thing. 
You are allowed to be a ball of contradictions. Everything you are and everything you like does not have to make sense in relation to each other. Life is less about being right, correct, and validated, and more about being free, joyful, and curious in a world that asks you to see it in black and white. Do yourself a divine favor of experiencing it in color. So I sent that immediately to you. <laughs> I know, and I'm I'm actually feeling really tearful in this moment. Yeah. Um, mostly because I'm actually sitting with your story, Kate. I remember you going to that event that you got a free ticket to. Free that ticket. your husband for, said for my anniversary, <laughs> for your anniversary. <laughs> and I found you, it was free later. Yeah, and you uh, raving to me about it. I think you actually even bought me her book. And gave it to me. And I'm just kind of sitting in that that was five years ago. And I do remember the strong call you had to, I want to bring women together, which is exactly what you did and are continuing to do. And so I'm just sitting in mm. what we're doing in this podcast, bringing women together and what we're hearing from people about the power of women, talking to women, empowering women. And so um, all I can say is, wow, I'm like, you're doing it, Kate. Well, we're doing well, we it. We are doing it. And yeah. so many other women are doing it. I yeah. feel like we're in this magical moment, dark moment perhaps, but also magical of saying, hey, we need to have each other's back right now. Mm-hmm. We need to be there for one another. Change is afoot. Things are moving so quickly, um, both at an individual level and a collective level. And I just find this huge desire to ensure that we are there for one another. Yeah. Amen. Well, and I love how you called it magical and dark. Yeah. And we are in a dark moment right now, um, socially, politically, the health of our planet. And it's also a very magical one. And I think that draws us so deeply into the conversation we want to have today about the dualities that are really just inherent in our world. And this is what we talked about a couple of weeks ago when we explored these masculine and feminine energies. And the dualities are everywhere. I mean, night, day, mm-hmm. light, dark, beginning, end, above, below, uh, the divine, human. I mean, they're everywhere. But what we want to talk about today is what I might call the threshold of where these dualities meet, like the middle ground. Right. Um, Because where we need to be is in a deeper space of balance. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be willing to, to work in that threshold or that middle space. And I think our Western culture, and we're seeing it in the news today, (laughs) is a culture of separation. It's going to the extremes. It's very black and white instead of living more in this gray zone. And so we want to just explore what it means to be, as I love Clear Wade said, did she call it a mass of contradictions? What did she say there? Yeah, a ball, a ball ball of contradictions. Yeah. And you're right. I think as individuals, that's the work. And the more individuals that take on that work collectively, that's how we shift as a society. So again, it always comes back to individual work. Um, but it is so important and necessary right now that we not be polarized. Um, yeah, especially as women. Yeah. Um, there's just, there, yeah. there's, we need one another right now. 
Yeah, we do need one another. I'm, as you were reading that, Cleo Wade, I immediately went to thinking about when I, I, I have a very distinct memory of myself in my early 20s because I remember writing about this in a journal or writing a piece about this just for myself around how I was very aware of all the contradictions in my life and I was very uncomfortable with them. And I couldn't even tell you right now what those were, but I just remember because I felt like there was a perfect way to do it or there was clearly there are all these boxes we've been talking about throughout this whole podcast. And I was observing in myself that I was a contradiction, right? And it was very uncomfortable for me and I felt like I was doing it wrong. And so Do you remember what was happening in your life? Then? I don't. In fact, I, you know, I'm, I've been a journaler my entire life and I've kept every single one of them. <laughs> I know I'm one of your people. You're one of my people that if I die unexpectedly, <laughs> you're going to burn all of them for me. <laughs> um, I just remember I, I need to look back and see if I can find the exact thing. Um, But I remember, I mean, I remember just feeling like, how can I be this good person and have these feelings or um, be really loving, but be really angry and hateful towards this specific group or this person or right, like just feeling the contradiction of that and then immediately going into, you know, self-flagellation. Right. Right. And that's exactly what Cleo's saying. Yeah. Like live there. Yes. Because that's where the color is. That's where the beauty is. And that, again, that's where the magic is. So, um, but often we do feel, we feel inadequate or we feel like there's something wrong with us when uh, we're trying to hold all these different opposites. Yeah. And it is a time of holding opposites right now. It is, um, it is a challenging time, um, but also a good time to practice it and really kind of a necessary time. Absolutely. Right. I love, you know, this idea of, Words versus silence, right? Mm. <clears throat> and the which also feel like mm-hmm. dualities, right? Yes. You're either silent or you're speaking up, right? And and there's there's a need for both. Yeah, there's a need for quiet. There's a need for um, giving yourself space to process. But then there's the need to use your voice right now. Too. Yeah, yeah. Well, and Kate, you know that. Um, one of my favorite teachers, I swear, I probably quote him in every single episode we do. Who am I going to quote right now? Carl Jung. Carl Jung. <laughs> he uh, has said that the paradox, so the paradox working with these tension of opposites is one of our most valued, valuable spiritual possessions. And it's only when we work the paradox that we come anywhere near to comprehending the fullness of life. So I'm thinking back to when I was 20 and I actually don't think I could comprehend the fullness of life. Right. I was so young. I was so, um, but you already conditioned. Maybe a seeker if you were, I was a seeker, right. But I'm seeing that as I age and that I've been working in more contemplative work and doing more meditation and working in the body that I have a deeper capacity now to hold the paradox of life, to hold that. Sometimes I feel really high and expansive and joyful and blissful. And then there's other times that I feel so constricted and dark and sad and pulled in and, you know, like I don't want to get out of bed and I can hold all of it and not think that either one is bad or one is preferential. It's just, it's life. Right. So I can now live the fullness of life, not expecting it to always be a high 
um, that it's, it's a bunch. It's all there and I can hold it. I'm a vast being. We're all vast beings. Capable of holding it. Capable of holding it. And I think that's what we're trying to talk about is can you learn to hold these different opposites? Exactly. And I think when you get to the place where you are conscious of that, the, the good, the, the light, the brightness is brighter. Mm. because you've ex- you're letting yourself experience darkness too yeah. and so everything becomes more colorful and vivid just like Cleo talks about it's yeah. that's where the color is even when it's dark there's you know it's it's darker and it might be brighter um but to not be afraid of that because the only other option is to live in a way that you don't really experience either fully yeah you run from it you numb from it you Keep yourself from fully um, experiencing yeah. the moments. Yeah. Um, and we've had a lot of those moments in the last few years. We have had a lot of those moments. And I think the reason we might choose or people might choose to live on one end of the spectrum is because there's fear of holding all of it. Right. And so we don't allow ourselves to live in this middle zone or in this threshold where we're holding both ends, um, it, you know, being in these tension of opposites because of fear. But then because we're scared of holding all of it and looking at both sides, then we get really moralistic and we get really judgmental mm-hmm. and we point a lot of fingers and we don't allow people to live their own authenticity or live the way they need to live. And, and then we are, we're living such a small life. We're living half a life instead of being able to, I mean, I think that's what this is about. When we can hold the tension of opposites, when we can live in the threshold, live in that middle zone, we have a bigger life, a fuller, bigger, a fuller, life. bigger life. Yeah. 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 Hmm. It feels really big. <laughs> feels really big. Um, but as you said, we are vast beings. We are fast beings. Sometimes we don't allow ourselves to acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been doing a lot of reflecting lately too about like points in my life and um, experiences that I had that I just kind of moved through without a lot of consciousness. Mm. And I feel like as I've done more of this awareness work, the more conscious you are, you you realize why that experience came to you or what you gained from that. Um, and you live, you, you even experience things more fully, um, which there are lessons in every experience. There are ways that you grow from every experience. So I also think living this way helps you, um, actually access what you need to know or learn. Yeah. And I, in our twenties, I think we were just, Kind of trying to. I don't we know where I was to, in my twenties. <laughs> it's hard to remember, but I've been trying to. I've been trying to look back at at, at moments um, and how I unconsciously made so many decisions and like, well, yeah, that just okay, without a lot of yeah. a lot of attention to that. Well, I'm I'm trying to because I agree. I think that I lived a somewhat numbed out experience and definitely a very distanced experience from my body in my 20s. I think it really wasn't until my 30s that I started to begin to create a little more of a safe space in my body and live from there. But I'm, I'm watching myself as a parent being very conscious of the fact that 
for my first 20 or 30 years, I chose to live on one end of the continuum. And that end would have been uh, the side of like, oh, it's all good and we're fine and look for the positive and it's great. And but it was also total avoidance and denial about the other end, which was not great. Right. And so one of the things I'm really trying to instill in my children is that there's no bad emotion and there's actually really no bad experience. Right. Makes me think of when um, Andrea Wheeling was here and she was talking about failure and like failure is not bad. It's just like a great chance to learn. Yeah. Right. So like really in life, we create a label of good and bad, but it's all part of life and it's all a chance for us to grow and expand. So I want my kids to not create these labels of like, oh, that's a bad person or that was a, that's, you know, I talk to them all the time about like everyone is inherently good and people make choices that might not be always helpful, but you know, right. Yeah. But, and but to younger, hold all of it and yeah. to see all of it as, you know, part of our growth. Yeah. That's such a great example uh, or, or way to think about how we can help our kids with this, especially young women. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> because, um, failure is not something we are, I think our systems set us up for, to be prepared for. Our systems are, yeah. you get an A plus. Perfection is rewarded. You don't, you, you get the A and you don't deviate from the textbook. You don't, you don't, th- those are how our systems are. And yeah. our, and our, I mean, I remember very differently my daughter having parent-teacher conferences where it was like, she makes doing everything just, she's just such a good student. And she's, of course, was got all A's. I think when she got her first B, I remember like secretly cheering. I'm like, <laughs> thank God, she got a B. And then my son, Charlie, who's my middle and definitely a middle child, the teacher about the same age said, because they had the same teacher, Charlie kind of does everything out of the box. Like I'll give mm. an assignment. He finds a new way to do it. And she was, it was kind of a backhanded compliment, but I was like, are you, you know, like I, it's interesting. Yeah. Well, now he's going to be an engineer. So that makes sense. But also there was a little bit more permission and like, well, that's just Charlie. And I don't know that it's a gender thing, but I do feel like when we don't have those exploration times as young people and our systems are very rigid, mm. that that carries with you that first 10 years, right? Then that is the sign of success. And yeah. so um, I think the piece on failure, um, celebrating that can be, yeah, or, or celebrating the, the gifts from it yeah, uh, with our kids. And to not avoid it and because it's going to happen. Yes. Yes. It's just part of life. This, this, that's holding the tension of opposites. It's all going to happen. The good, the bad, the tragic, the lovely, the blissful, the, you know, it's, it's all there. It's life. We can't avoid any of it. It's all going to happen. But I think when we get into these extremes, we're so freaking scared mm-hmm. of, of the highs and the lows of the dark and the light that we create a very narrow range of where we're willing to live. Yes. And then that puts us into a small box. And then I think judgment is a big part of that. It absolutely is. Yeah. And 
it can shut down our hearts. Yeah. So not allowing ourselves to have our own experience, judging it, criticizing it, trying to yeah. make it different than it is yeah. can literally shut down your heart Yeah, because you feel like yeah. you're less worthy of yeah. things. So do you know anyone, um, I'm trying to think of people that I know who um, are really living at this threshold or really living in a space of more non-judgment where they're kind of holding that life is really complicated and it's beautiful. And, um, my grandmother. Ah, for sure. Tell me, I don't know about your grandmother. She's 94 and I just saw her last weekend. She's in a nursing home and she is the lightest being I've ever been around. Wow. Always has been. And I don't know exactly what led to that. She, you know, was raised on a farm. Um, But growing up, my grandmother, she she had three granddaughters and I was the oldest. We spent a lot of time with her and she used to have us do mindful breathing. What? Yes. She would say, let's go take, we called them Bernie breaths. Her name is Bernadine. And she would have us take Bernie breaths. Oh my God. And it would calm us down. <gasps> she had a big book of homeopathic remedies. Oh my God. She never Kate. went to the doctor. Um, she was not a religious person, but she was so in tune with nature. She was a huge gardener. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when I look at how she lived her life, um, she found good in everything. I mean, people at the nursing home love my grandmother. Love Bernie. When, she, when you walk in a room, she is light. Mm. And she just, she, she brings that to whoever comes in. Mm. She had some very hard things happen in her life, but she, she was always very, um, she, she honored those experiences, but they didn't define her. And she still moved through her life in a way that was open and loving and, so some of the things that I think about now, like in my own practice, like she didn't do yoga, but she was, she was a mind body person. Yeah. And just didn't call it that. Yeah. She was spiritual, but didn't call it that. Yeah. You know? So that's who I think of. Well, I when, love how you said that she had hard things happen, but she didn't let them define her. Yeah. That's living in the threshold mm-hmm. is that you are holding the highs and the lows, but you're not letting actually any of it define you because you're trying to live in that middle space. Yeah. And there's a, a favorite thing that I've, um, I've had this quote in my repertoire, or my journals, or for a long time, but it's John O'Donohue, one of my favorite poets, writers. But he says, and it's making me think of your grandma, when you meet someone who is not afraid of themselves, it is a lovely experience. They might be a mass of contradictions, but at least they have patience with their own otherness. Yeah. Patience is her absolute virtue. Her calling card, huh? Yeah. Her patience. And patience with others, but patience with, with herself, herself too, right? Like, yeah. so I love this. And I guess this is what I'm aiming to be when I grow up, oh, right? That too. being, have being patient with myself, but also not being afraid of myself because being afraid of yourself doesn't mean, it means you're, you're not afraid of these opposites, these tension of opposites. You're not afraid of the big storms that are going to roll their way through your life. 
you're not afraid of the highs because you're waiting for the next shoe to drop. You're like living all of it yes. on that threshold and you're really alive. And be and people, I mean, you can feel the people who aren't afraid of themselves. You, you can feel. It is a lovely experience, right? It, it is. Do you know of anyone? Do you have someone in mind? I do. Yeah. Um, you know her, actually. And um, I'm just going to say it because it's a beautiful compliment. She's actually going to be a part of our Tend Her team. And this is my friend Monica. Mm. And Monica, I remember when I first met her, um, I felt like, I don't think I've ever met someone like this. Like there's, there's such a sense of like non-judgment and acceptance exuding and love exuding from this person. And so I think I was a little thrown off in the beginning. I'm like, is this real? Yeah. Who is this person? Like, I, I don't know if I, you know, like, (laughs) and the more I have, um, just created this beautiful friendship with this person she is so patient. I mean, she's she is a so midwife, patient. right? Yes. So she's had to be patient with when is this baby going to come? Yeah. But I just think she's so, and maybe it's working in the world of birth, which is light and dark and, I was and thinking the same intensity thing. and beauty. Like she's just really learned to hold space for people. Yeah. Massive contradictions and mm-hmm. not be afraid of it and be in patience and allow the unfolding to happen in its own sweet time. And so I just think um, maybe you you can feel when someone is living in this threshold or is living in this space where they're not afraid of themselves, they're not afraid of life, they're, you know, they're patient with yeah. these extremes. Yeah. I can't wait for our listeners to meet my... Yeah, you guys are all going to get to have a <clears throat> moments with her. So how do we, um, what can we give our listeners today to work with their own massive contradiction or their own opposites because we all have it. We do. Um, I think it's maybe reflecting on if you're in a, in a space right now where you are feeling there's something wrong with you. If you have a lot of anger, Mm -hmm. if you feel incredibly sensitive, lonely, confused, or sad um, to maybe acknowledge that and, sit with it, um, not run from it, but, but really, really allow yourself to, yeah, to, that it's okay. It's okay. And that's the self-compassion. And that you don't have to fix it. I mean, I think this is, we're such a fix it culture and we're such a, um, self-help nation of like, give me the five things so I can feel better. And yet when you hold the tension of opposites, it means that you, have to sit in the dark as much as you sit in the light. You have to be with the sadness and the grief and the anger and the ugliness and the, right. That's all, it's all part of life and that's living in the threshold. Right. And it reminds me of, um, the Brene Brown new book that we'll be talking more about, but Alice of love, Atlas of the, is it Atlas, oh, Atlas of the heart? Of the heart. Sorry. Yeah, Atlas of the heart. Heart and love for me. Yeah. Atlas of the heart. They're and, kind and of interchangeable, aren't they? Are, they? Last days. Um, but this idea that we can only connect with others to the extent that we are connected with ourselves. Yeah. And so connecting even with your darkness or, or times when there's darkness actually gives you more capacity and empathy and love for others 
who are in periods of darkness too. So I think that's the magic of the internal individual work is that it it allows you to connect greater with the world and with others. Yeah. Well, it's making me think of Bernie right now. Like you said, she went through some really hard stuff, but it didn't define her. But clearly she went through it. She held the space for that. So I just think people, you can feel the safety in people who've been through hard things and everyone's been through hard things, but who's really like consciously lived through it yeah. versus sort of numbed their way through it. Yeah. Right. There's a different, that's the broken open yeah. book for me. Elizabeth Lesser. Um, that hard times, either you rise like the Phoenix from the ashes or you bury it and numb out and, try to muddle your way through without Mm -hmm. truly walking through the fire. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. This is, this is ongoing work for everyone in our world. And, um, but talking about it somehow and bringing light to it, I think is comforting in a way. And just as a way to kind of sum some of this up that, There's nothing wrong with you if you're feeling angry right now or needy or sensitive or confused or sad or lonely. That really our work is being unconditional with all of it, welcoming all of it with that compassion, with that gentleness, with that acceptance, Um, and realizing that our life experiences are like the clouds in the sky. The weather passes. Like we are the sky. We are the sky. (laughs) We are the sky. But there will be sunny days and there will be cloudy days and it's all part of it and there's nothing wrong with you. Um, And so your capacity to hold all of it um, and remember you are such a vast being and that you are grand enough to hold all of the rigors of life, um, I think is comforting. It's comforting to me to know there's nothing wrong with our experiences. And I think we're both self-proclaimed empaths <laughs> yes and many of you out there are and so for empaths to really experience the fullness of life um, something we're already intrinsically wired to do as empaths you have to dance with this idea of learning to be both strong and soft yeah yeah and I think yeah that is for sure for the empath and the emp- an empath is just a highly sensitive person who um can feel other people. Yeah. Right? It, so it they, kind of, I always think of it as sticking to me. Yeah. Like yeah. I take empaths on, can I tend to take it on. Empaths feel other people's pain yeah. and feel other people's sadness. And so if you don't have clarity about your own boundaries, it's really easy as an empath to be a sponge and just sort of suck up uh, the pain of other people, but it doesn't help them and it doesn't help you to do that. Um, so you're right. I think for the empath and actually I think probably even if you're not a highly sensitive person for all of us, we need to learn this is the tension of opposites right. stand and being both strong and soft. Right. And I think sometimes in our dualistic culture, we think you're either strong or, or you're soft. Neither or. Right. And it's possible to be both. Yeah. Both. And, and that goes back to our masculine feminine episode of just the, those. Yeah. Those the tension between the two and the beauty of them coming together. Yes. The middle. Yes. Yes. Cause I think of you, Kate, as strong and soft that you, um, you know, you marched in here today with a lot of <laughs> piss and vinegar, anger, piss and vinegar. 
we'll, yeah. we'll just so say that day. today is the day that um, Roe v. Wade was overturned. And so we're all feeling a little bit of emotion around that. And we're, we had a conscious conversation about it. Like we're sitting with it right now. Yeah. We're not ready to like dive in and talk about it yet. Cause we're sitting in the tension of opposite, all the, yeah. all the feelings all around the feelings. it. But what I was going to say is that you came in here with a lot of, you know, I could feel your lawyer energy <laughs> coming out. Right. Yes. But you also, so I, I see you embody a lot of strength. I see you fight for the rights of people around you and uh, injustices, and you are really soft and nurturing and empathic and compassionate. So I really see you embody both of these. And that is living on the threshold. That is living in the middle ground. Thank you for that. That's very kind. I see that in you too, though. I see that in your, the way you help people be strong in their bodies in mm -hmm. a way that is empowering, but also allows the softness of the experience just through your, the way you teach yoga. Mm -hmm. So um, I think those are both things you and I have probably been working on. And, mm -hmm. and um, as we've, as our lives have moved forward, those are things that we're be both becoming more conscious of. And so when you are conscious of it, you see it in others. Yeah. And so thank you for reflecting that. But I, I would reflect that right back to you. Mm. We didn't plan that, but that no. was really beautiful. So we want to all uh, encourage all of you, our dear listeners, to continue to move forward with um, strength and softness and a willingness to hold the vastness of your life experiences, remembering none of them are wrong. And live and experience this world in color because mm. it, is, it is beautiful when you are able to do that. Yeah. Thank you, Kate. Thanks, Betsy. And now the amazing singer-songwriter, Lissy Morris with Wild West. Thanks for joining us today. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Come back and rewild with us again next week.